Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Cat. Well, the phones are ringing once again, and Mother Angelica is answering the call from her classic TV shows of the 80s and the 90s. And I'm Doug Keck, along with my cohort here, our network chaplain, the one and only Father Joseph Mary Wolf. <laughs> Always great to be with you, Father. And you too. And uh, the other day, there was... Uh woman who was celebrating her 92nd birthday who was here and she was just in great shape and she was here with her four daughters who lived in various parts of the country but they decided let's get together because mom's always wanted to come to EWTN let's get together there and so they came here to the campus and it really shows we really are family you know that they would want to come here this was a special place to mom and uh, so they came here and it was a delight just to meet some of these people who watch or listen to EWTN on the radio or television, and they really are part of our family. Absolutely, and those listening to this program and watching EWTN are a big part of the family because it's through their prayers and support that we're Mm -hmm. actually able to do these kinds of programs. That's right, and um, I was talking with someone the other day, and I said, you know, it's quite remarkable we have no commercials. Yeah, we have appeals for funds because we got to keep paying the bills, But what a blessing it is. We don't have to listen to obnoxious commercials, (laughs) but mostly prayer spots and and coming up next and little teachings. And I just think it's a wonderful thing that we do. Well, I think it's an oasis. It allows people Mm -hmm. to to go someplace without being assaulted, which we are all the time Mm -hmm. from either people wanting something out of us or Mm -hmm. pushing something onto us. So let's look at our topics for today's program uh, we've got by helping your dad, you're helping Jesus. Perfect for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful words you could hear. What is the first step to forgiving yourself? And the law is the law. Mm-hmm. I thought this was interesting because this person was talking about why people go to jail. Yeah. Why people would choose to go to mm-hmm. jail. Why they would choose. And really it is a choice to do evil. And, you know, we're seeing a rise in crime in cities where shoplifting has no consequences, right? And so some businesses are even saying, we're not going to do business here, here anymore. We can't make money because of that. Why? Because they're not laying down the law, which is necessary. And so really it's, it's here where Mother says at the right. end, she says, if there wasn't a punishment, you wouldn't be able to walk in the street tomorrow. And unfortunately, that's what we're seeing. Right. I think the point she makes, which is really good and right on the money, is I know my liberal brothers and sisters don't believe in original sin. Ha ha, boy, you're in trouble. And that's what we're seeing. The people believe that people are just going to naturally do the right thing. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And we're seeing lived out. And we need some moral principles. If we don't have those, look out. Otherwise, why bother with the Ten Commandments? Let's see what Mother has to say with the law is the law. We have a call. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Where are you from? From Massachusetts. Oh, good. And what is your question? My question is, like, why do people go to jail? Hmm? Why do they go to jail? Mm-hmm. Like, they choose a life to go to be there, or I sometimes I don't understand that. Well, I think it is uh, hard to understand why people lie and cheat. The law has to punish, you see. You know, when it was a mortal sin to eat meat on Friday or not to go to a mass on Sunday, everybody went to mass. 
And you couldn't stuff a piece of meat down anybody's throat if you tried. And now, they don't care about anything. They're supposed to substitute. I want to know what you substituted last Friday. What? Nothing. You didn't even think about it. Didn't know it was Friday. It takes a little bit of fear, but the law is the law. And if there wasn't a punishment with law, you cannot, you have no right to kill. You have no right to steal somebody. That's the commandments. You have no right to covet. If you do, you've got to take the consequences. And you see, we all suffered. I know my liberal brother don't believe in original sin. <laughs> Boy, are you in trouble. If you can read a newspaper and tell me there was no original sin, because the consequences are still there. You know, to me, spaghetti is, without question, the most wonderful food in the world. Now, you may think that um, liver sausage is the most wonderful food. Fine. I think it's spaghetti. But now that I'm 76, I can't eat the tomato sauce. So now what? I know if I eat a big platter of spaghetti or a second helping on top of that, I am going to have one rip-roaring stomachache. Say, so what's the point? Well, the point is I know I'm going to have a stomachache. Now I eat it anyway. Who am I going to blame for the stomachache? Me. I'd say it was worth it. That's stupid. It's not, that wasn't worth it. I take Alka-Seltzer, Tums, Maalox, all these things. What if I had just shut up and not eaten the spaghetti? There's other food there. So what? I refuse then to accept consequences. So if you kill or you lie or you rob, there are consequences. It has to be. If there were no consequences, if there wasn't a punishment, you wouldn't be able to walk out in the street tomorrow. Moving ahead on the program, our topic, what is the first step to forgiving yourself? Mm -hmm. I think mothers had to answer this question many times. Yes, and many people do experience that, that yes, they've gone to confession, Maybe even a number of times they've mentioned something, but they just have a hard time letting go and accepting that forgiveness. And Mother brings out, be humble. A little humility wouldn't hurt you, <laughs> you know, because sometimes at the root of it is pride. How could I possibly have done that? Or humility says, yeah, I would be even worse if it wasn't for the grace of God to assist me, protect me if it wasn't for what God gave me to um, get me on the right, you know, right track. Absolutely. And you're also dealing with that, that idea of people uh, feeling as if they're, they're so far gone they can't be forgiven. Yes, yeah, so I often will point to divine mercy and the ocean of mercy that experienced Mother had, of course, where she flicks this little drop of water into the ocean and it's gone. And the Lord says, you know, that's his mercy. And I try to have people, like if I have it in the confessional where they're struggling with this, just to picture that. 
And now you're just casting that, all of your past, into that ocean, and it's gone, and you can't get it back. Let me ask you, as a man who loves chickens, there's <laughs> a great story in here about uh, some chickens. Uh, are you familiar with either that story or uh, the uh, stench associated with it? Oh, <laughs> you know, I know in Coleman, there's a lot of chicken farms and these huge chicken operations. I don't remember this event, mm -hmm. but I know it would be horrible because <laughs> I've cleaned chicken coops before on the farm. Mm -hmm. And it's not a pleasant task. And then if you have dead chickens, it's multiplied. That's right. Chickens come home to roost. <laughs> Let's see what Mother has to say. What is the first step to forgiving yourself? We have a call. Hello? Hello. Hi. Where are you from? I'm from Louisiana. Oh, good. And what is your question? Um, I'd like to know what would be the first step in uh, forgiving yourself. The first step? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I think the first step of forgiving yourself is to realize that God has forgiven you. And you're a lesser being. You see, you remember the parable in the gospel where this man owed his employer nine million dollars? Ooh, boy, if I owed nine million dollars, ooh, I'd be... I'd be one grease spot on that floor. Well, he was forgiven. Nine million dollars. I have a couple million. Anybody wants to take that away, I, I'll show you rejoicing you never saw before. But now this man, you see, somebody owed him fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. And he wouldn't forgive. We put him in jail. Now, once you realize, you see, right, that we have offended the good God, all holy, all majestic, and he said, hey, I'm going to write it off. You don't owe me a thing. Oh. Well, you're the one with the $15, see? So I would think the first step is to look at the attributes of God. I may possess compassion. God is compassion. I may possess a little bit of mercy, but he is mercy. And if you know in your heart, in your mind, that we have offended a great God, and he's written it off, he said, it's okay. You are, you're sorry, I forgive you. That's the joy that we miss. Why? Because we're concentrating on the $15 instead of the $9 million. Makes a big difference, huh? Secondly, I would ask Our Lady to help you. Why? Because she stood at the foot of the cross, she also forgave those who crucified him. She's your mother. She's your mother. Well, now go to her and say, Sweet Mother, please teach me how to forgive myself. You pick up the pieces, see? You know, our Lord told Angela Filino, one of my favorite saints, 
The past is dead, he said. Some poor woman in Coleman today, last night, gone back to the farm, lost about 20,000 chickens. It's a lot. The electricity went off, and before they could do anything, there were that many chickens dead. Did you ever smell that many chickens dead? No? Thank God. Because when we passed from that point to that point, it was awesome. Terrible. Well, why do you keep thinking of that when it's gone? The past is dead, the Lord said. The future, unborn. <laughs> unborn. You say, well, I'm afraid I'll fall into that sin again. Yeah, you need to be afraid. But ever grateful that he forgave you. I would use those two. A little humility wouldn't hurt you. Wouldn't hurt you. When you get up in the morning, say, Lord, keep me today from serious sin. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much, as always, for staying with us for part two of Mother Angelica Answering the Call. Doug Heck here with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Next up, a question having to do with the most beautiful words you mm. could hear. Any guesses? Yes, I absolve you. <laughs> Those are beautiful words, and they just bring a peace. And recently I was giving a class, actually, at the cathedral at the request for the RCIA or OCIA candidates, those who are interested in becoming Catholic. And that's a big question they have. What about confession? So I tried to alleviate their fears. I said, we're not, not going to be mean to you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that We're going to extend the Lord's mercy. And I even gave them some samples, not from actual confessions, but just kind of a general idea. And I think it put them more at peace to see it as a healing sacrament, as a gift that God wants to give you. Right. I think that's obviously the misperception that's out there. And also, in many ways, the world is a lot harder on you. In many ways, you could be harder on yourself mm -hmm. than actually the, the priest in Persona Christi mm -hmm. is in the confessional. Yeah, and I know that there have been people that have had bad experiences with, uh, you know, someone, a, a priest offending them in some way or being insensitive. But I think that's rare. I think, it, yeah, it, I'm sure it happens. We, we priests are men and uh, fallen men, but I think it's rare. At least that's in my experience. I've never experienced anything bad in the confessional. I hopefully have never done anything that's offended or hurt people, but given them a little encouragement. Right, absolutely, and of course, maybe somebody's being told something in all merciful sense uh, mm -hmm. that they don't want to hear. Yeah, that's true. So sometimes we just need a little encouragement, a little push to strive for virtue and continue forward. Absolutely. Let's see what the most beautiful words you could hear is all about. So, time for a call. Hello? Hello. Hi, where are you from? Uh, St. Louis. Good, and what is your question? 
Um, my question is, I was thinking what, what procedures you have to go through mm -hmm. to become Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, confession if you have to. Well, are you Catholic now? Not presently. Were you Catholic? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, are you divorced or something? No, I, I'm single. You're single? How wonderful. <laughs> Married life is also wonderful. Sweetheart, if you want to come back, all you need to do is go to confession. And you'll have a peace uh, you never knew before. It's not hard to come back. It's not hard to come back. Um, you see, you really, when you go to confession, you're not kneeling before a man. You're kneeling before Jesus. I'm sure he has many faults of his own. That's not the point. The priest never says, Jesus absolves you. No, he says, I absolve you. On his own, he would have no power. But he has ordained, he is ordained to forgive sins. What a awesome power. There, there's no power in the world. You say, oh, yeah, you are. You could be wealthy. You can own this. You can, no, that's not power. No. The power is in the priesthood. This is my body, he says. I absolve you of all your sins. That's power. And the humblest curie of ours was really dumb. And they only ordained it because there were no priests around after the revolution. And when he was presented to the bishop, he said, is he pious? He said, yeah. I said, well, ordain him. <laughs> I mean, they were really hard up. <laughs> but he converted over 270,000 people. He heard confessions 15 hours a day. A holy man. So that power, honey, is, that power is there for you to receive. And come back to Jesus. It's not hard. And don't be ashamed. <laughs> Our dear Lord knows what you've done all your life. I would go to church and, and before you go to confession, say, Jesus, I love you. I'm sorry for all my sins. Then go to confession. And, and tell Father, I find this very hard and I'm embarrassed and I don't know what to do. I'll do my best. Say, yeah, I'll help you. And then he would say the most beautiful words ever uttered in the whole world. I absolve you. Oh, wow. And that's all you need to do.
Don't worry about it. Then, as I said before, go and have yourself a chocolate sundae. <laughs> because the Lord said to us, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. And closing out this weekend's show, a call having to do with, by helping your dad, you're helping Jesus. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. It does. That, uh, as Jesus said, what you do to the least of my brothers, you do to me. And think about that. When you're taking care of your father or whoever else may be in your home or otherwise that you're attending to their needs, you're helping Jesus. You're doing it to Jesus. And, and to realize God doesn't ask the impossible. So there are situations where even on a Sunday, uh, a mother's got a newborn who's sick or just a serious uh, health condition with someone. They need to attend to them. There's just no way for them to get to Mass. That's a just reason, even though you try to make the day more prayerful, too. Right. And here you're talking about a, a person who's taking care of their father who's 84 years old and has mm-hmm. basically has no legs. Right. Uh, and, and mother does. You're, you're not missing Jesus by mm-hmm. not going to Mass. You're taking care of Jesus. I thought that was such mm-hmm. a powerful point she makes. Yeah, and that she, wants, she encourages her, as we should, yeah, get to Mass on Sunday, you know, if it's at all possible for you to do that. But you shouldn't feel guilty for not being able to go to daily Mass, I think, is the situation right. here. Absolutely, and, and that's the point as well. And in a situation like that where you can't go, you can always watch it on television and mm-hmm. at least have the inspiration of the others. It's not the same, but, you know, as far as prayer and, and also the mm-hmm. idea of a, a spiritual communion. So let's see what Mother has to say about helping your dad. You are helping Jesus. We have another call. Hello? Hi, Mother. My name's Joanne, and I'm calling from Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah, what's your question? Um, just recently, I've been coming back to the church. I've been getting a Mass and receiving the Holy Eucharist every day. Wonderful. And I feel wonderful when I do that. But I take care of my father. He's 84 years old, and he's better, and he got um, both legs are amputated. There are some days that I can't make it to Mass, and I feel guilty. And I was just wondering what I could do to overcome that guilt. You feel guilty? Or I he, do. Does he feel guilty or you? I do. I feel guilty because I can't make it to Mass sometimes because I'm taking care of him. Oh, but you're doing God's will, sweetheart. You get to Mass for sure, I'm sure, every Sunday. And, and don't put a, a wall between uh, y- your Father and Jesus. What's happening you're taking care of Jesus in your Father. When you go to Mass, Jesus takes care of you. See? There's not a competition. And I know you'll do everything you can to get to Mass on Sunday. If your Father is that bedridden and suffering, you take care of Jesus. You're not missing Jesus. You're taking care of Jesus. Mother Teresa was an awesome example of seeing Jesus in the most corrupt bodies. Most corrupt. So let, let me repeat that again so that you remember and you don't ever need to feel guilty. When your bad dad is so far in pain and 
misery and you have to stay home to take care of him, you're taking care of Jesus. When you go to Mass, Jesus is taking care of you. You receive Jesus. When you take care of your Father, you become, He becomes Jesus for you. See? So it's, it's, it's hard because our will is not there perhaps, but our longing, that's another good thing about that. Your thirst for God increases, doesn't it? Your hunger for God increases. Well, then use that while you're taking care of your dad. Whatever you do for the least, well, your father's on that level now, the least. Did I hear her say her legs, his legs are amputated? Well, he is the least, poor man. So you're taking care of Jesus, huh? So don't you feel guilty at all. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.